This is Kim Possible, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An Elegant Weapon for the more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. gentlemen welcome to an elegant weapon episode 144 it's part two of our great philadelphia comic-con 2015 extravaganza hope you enjoyed part one if you heard it if you didn't go back and experience mark dodson he's the voice of salacious crumb he is also the voice of many of the gremlins uh, we had a great time talking live with him. Without further delay, I'm going to move on to part two of the Great Philadelphia Comic-Con Experience 2015 Extravaganza. And that is another live panel fun time experience with Miss Christy Carlson Romano. She is wonderful. She is beautiful. She is fabulous. She is articulate. She is interesting. She is fun. She is good times. Uh, we talked about Kim Possible, of which, of course, she is the voice. We also talked about her time on Broadway uh, in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, there's a mention or two of Even Stevens with Mr. Shia Lebeth. Uh And we talk a lot about voice acting, the people she's worked with, the people uh, you know she's experienced, the John DiMaggio's, the Maurice LaMarche's. Uh, you know, uh, a lot about the actual technique of voice acting itself, taking care of your voice, how to use your voice, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. Uh, we first met Christy back in Allentown in November, and she was fabulous then, and to get to spend a whole hour with her was just fantastic. It was great. But I don't need to go on about it because you're about to hear it right now. So please enjoy Miss Kim Possible herself, Christy Carlson Romano. Good. Everyone know Christy Carlson Romano? No. This girl right here. Uh, you're all very lucky. You're in a bit of a better spot than yesterday. Um, we were doing the Star Wars panel in here yesterday while Mr. Takei was next door. Star Trek. No, we were doing Star Wars in here, oh, oh. and Star Trek with Takei was going on right over here. Wow. So it made for kind of a difficult little panel on this side. Okay. Were, you know, you know them Trekkies getting crazy. Getting loud? They're, they're Klingons? Loud. Those Klingons get yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah, they You don't want to mess with those Klingons. Ruckus, I tell you. Yeah. Somebody's got to get a hold on all that. <laughs> I saw them at, I think it was Allentown, and, and they, they were really united, and they were kind of a strong group. 
And um, when Michelle would come back and forth to her, um, uh, they would be like, clear your path. Yeah, she and had like a Klingon contingent it was of bodyguards so cool. wheeling around. <laughs> and then I was like, I, like, I want a Klingon posse. Where's my <laughs> Klingon posse? Someday. Someday. Well, you and I met in Allentown last mm-hmm. November. And I admitted to you, I was a little older for Kim Possible. <laughs> but since, have caught up. I have a four-year-old son, okay. and we've been watching a bit of it together. Oh, that's nice. Um, Thank you. I'm glad. It's a fantastic show. It's hilarious. I had no it idea is. how funny it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been catching up. He's been loving it. The thing that struck me right away was the caliber of guests on this show. Yeah. Like, the amount of people you got to work with. Yeah. We had George um, as, a, I think, a recurring villain, um, and uh, Ricardo Monteblon and uh, Ashley Tisdale, um, I mean, Raven, too, uh, yeah. they weren't just guests. Like, sometimes they would just be, become, you know, fixtures on the show. And, I mean, I think that was a testament to the writing and the animation itself um, was the way that we were able to secure celebrities as... I mean, that's when you know I think your show's making it is when you can tell all these really great people are guesting and you're like, wait a minute, this is, a, this is really a Walt Disney production. It's not just a Disney Channel production. So it was... It, it, I was told, too, when the pilot was happening that... You know, this was going to be a big thing. And I had I'd been on the TV side. So for me, I was just like a personality. So I was like, well, whatever, guys. Like, whatever it is, I'm just happy to have a job. But when it exploded, I wasn't surprised. I think what was the most surprising was when, you know, I did a ride at Epcot. I'm not sure if any of you guys yeah, went on it. that's crazy. I was reading about that. It like, was, oh, let me see. Was that my phone? Jeez. Nope, that wasn't my phone. <laughs> it's on vibrate. Vibrate. Um... Uh, but yeah, the Epcot ride was really cool. I never got to ride it though. That's Aww. like one of my my like sad. That's a sad thing. You figure you would have been the first one on. You know, that you, ride. Th- you figure they you know, would have tried car, to ship me out there to to go and see my ride. That's crazy. But I think it was there, and then it, eventually it was replaced by the Phineas and Ferb. Um, that's kind of what uh, Epcot, yeah. became the new thing, kind of after. Yeah, although I right I would Phineas argue the Ferb. animation is a bit. Oh, yeah. It's a Cruder, much but different style. Different yeah, style. And I heard sure. it was just as funny. But Well, you yeah. mentioning people becoming fixtures, uh, like, like not just people. Nancy Cartwright yeah. did a lot of work on the show. Does Rufus? she do cons a lot? Does any, has anyone seen Nancy Cartwright? Voice no. of Bart Simpson and Rufus from Kim Possible? Not she, I'm not sure if she has. I don't has. think she does many. Okay. But, uh, I've seen her do interviews and such, like okay. kind of TV one-off special events. But just incredible caliber of... And not just, like, the celebrities you have on, like, yeah. you know, Montalban, but the actual voice actors. Right. So who's who of the best of the best? John DiMaggio. Rob Paulson. Yeah. The list goes on and on. What's yeah. it like to work with these, this, these experienced masters of this craft, you know? Oh, my gosh. They were so cool. Um, um, the same guys, uh, the same batch of guys that worked on KP also worked on the Penguins of Madagascar with um, Lisa Schaefer, who became our second season director uh, and casting person when she started off. Um, but I guessed it on Penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> I guess we screwed it all up. Oh, it's okay. Sorry no worries. About that. It's all Very good. It's, you know, I apologize. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I guessed it um, and uh, I was a lunacorn. I forget which episode it was, but it was pretty awesome. And um, those guys in the room. I remember their energy so distinctly because you can't get a word in edgewise because they're <laughs> laughing like you're laughing at them just making all these faces and noises and yeah. and being these like it's amazing how many voices can come out of one person. It's 
it's gotta be exhausting. It's too. exhausting to, to just laugh that much yeah, when you're yeah. in the room trying yeah. to work your own magic. I've heard a lot of interviews in podcasts with John DiMaggio and oh, you know, like just, just Robin Williams almost. I, like it's just a million. I don't know how you can keep up with that. It's gotta be can't. a workout, like mentally, physically. It really is. It really is. Like, how long would be a typical session, like a typical recording session? Um, I tried to I tried to like it would become a competition for me with Kim Possible. Granted, I wanted to do the best work. You would record each line three times. I'm not sure if you know that's kind of industry standard. Um, but sometimes they let you go off and improv and do your own thing. And especially the guys like John, because like he's almost like a, a stand-up Is comic. There a choice, really? No, I mean, you, yeah, you don't have a choice. You just have to record and let <laughs> see what happens. Especially when they're interacting like they were with peng penguins. Um, Kim Possible was a little different in that I was in New York, so I was at college at the time. Um, and I wasn't able to be in California for the group records. Um, so that was kind of sad. Yeah. I think they did the group records without me and then patched mm -hmm. me in. Um, but uh, I think I did one or two of them, and it was okay, a, it well, was very good. memorable. At least you got the, the experience. Yeah. Of, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, you always cool. hear that from voice actors. They absolutely prefer everybody in the room together yeah. doing the thing and yeah. just the energy and the way you get to feed off each other. It's, yeah, I miss that too. I yeah. think that's something that, like, since I've been away a little bit from – um, voice acting that I miss is that camaraderie that you have with everybody. Right. Um, it's it's a very tight knit community. It's also very difficult to get into. So when people ask me, you know, how how do I get in? Um, it, it's it's you feel a bit stuck. Um, but I, I really what I just have to say is, you know, you have to imitate the voices that you hear on TV and on the radio, um, and start finding your voice because everyone's instrument is different. Everyone's built differently. I mean, I personally, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I had voice. Um, I had surgery on my vocal cords wow. um, and um, open throat surgery, essentially, and had to rehab my vocal cords um, when I was 18, so or 19. So I had been, wow. you know, actively doing Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, mm -hmm. but I had also been doing, you know, Kim for a long, long time. So getting your voice back and then being able to do the Kim voice after was was definitely a concern of mine because if you lose your voice, I mean. That's that's a huge part of your talent. Um, so finding my voice was important, but then keeping my voice was just as important. The number one thing I hear is you can't just do funny voices. You got to be able to act. Oh well, yeah. You know, I, I, most of the interviews I hear with people is, is it's great if you can do a Donald Duck impression, but you know you got to <laughs> be able to emote as Donald Duck, and yeah. you know, so that must be difficult sometimes to when you're doing a certain voice that's not yours. Getting having to forget that you're doing a voice is that hard? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's I think it is, but I also think it's like a, a right and left brain thing for animation, and it's in a way that's almost chicken and the egg, in that you know they set up a camera to watch me and my body movements. You know, when I was originally recording for Kim, and then they sent it overseas, and uh, Kim, somewhat I've been told, now I'm older, but when I was younger sort of has a similar spirit to me, like her essence is, is sort of similar. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that had to do with them trying to imitate my essence, my body movements in the room as I was emoting That's as cool, Kim. Though. So I think um, there's definitely a mind-body slash animation connection yeah. Yeah. with, you know, even John's characters are always so, you know, gruff and either stoic or, you know, there's a roughness about his characters mm -hmm. that I think plays to Bender and to Draken and to, you know, a myriad of other things. 
And I, I remember he was the booking.com guy for a second. I don't know if he still is. But it's just so funny the way his, his voice lends to a certain style of humor, um, but also uh, that that kind yeah. of emotion. And he's so supportive. I mean, the movie, I have to mention, I know yeah. that voice. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's familiar with I know that voice, but it's, it's on Netflix. It is now. It is on okay. Netflix now. And uh, check it out because it's, it's amazing. It's the who's who of the greatest in voiceover. Yeah, and... I was bummed I wasn't on it, but uh, I, I didn't know about it. Yeah. I think I well, remember I him talking about it. I was surprised at a few people who weren't on it. So I yeah. think it was just a matter of scheduling and yeah, for getting sure. it all together. Now, when you're in the booth, when you see a lot of back behind the scenes and actually see footage of people recording, it gets quite animated. Oh, yeah. Do, do you get quite <laughs> physical when you're recording? I or? think so. I think with Kim, um, she wasn't sort of loud and out of control character she was very contained and in control of the situation at all times um uh and as with my my parts on even stevens and other parts i've done i tend to be casted as like a type a sort of more controlled empowered person um that doesn't mean that i don't like to have that's great you were like limboing sir <laughs> that was kind of awesome <laughs> Uh, there's going to be some Easter limbo contest after. Them. Good time. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I, I I can definitely have a lot of fun with with my voice. Um, but generally, um, I think one of the attractions that they they had to me being Kim was that I had the capacity to have variations on my voice while being in control. So I could be sarcastic and sort of like a Valley Girl teenager way um, with Kim. Um, or I could be uh, stealthy, like in Kim mode, right. when she's in action mode. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's not about being loud and making crazy noises, although it's great to have that in your repertoire as a voice actor. Um, but, but a lot of times it's about the, the nuances in your voice, too. Right. Because, um, I mean, animation comes after voice, right? Uh -huh. Like you record and then they animate to that. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the animation, they're going to have to kind of mold to any inflections or the way you present it. You know? Right, so exactly. It's a really cool melding of, of the two things to turn into this amazing like piece of art. Yeah, know? I mean, it is really, it is magic in that way, where it's like a combined effort mm -hmm. from artists that want to come together to bring you this like, you know, very unrealistic experience. It's a very old industry, too. I mean, yeah. nowadays, it's getting so big, it's getting very popular, mm -hmm. and a lot of people are getting more into it, and it's great because all these voice actors who have been unknown yet you've been listening to for how many decades are finally getting recognition yeah you know and uh, it's great to see but I mean it's it's such a it's a long history you know tradition and also too I think with the um, similar with with narrative or with um, on-camera um, work that it's it's the access to making your own animation is um, a lot more possible now yeah, with the technology we've got today, anybody yeah. can, you know, even Independent I can have a podcast, animators. right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's exciting, yeah, because, yeah. you know, there's ways to get into it. And, uh, and you guys are also willing to share as well, you know, which is a fantastic thing. You know, I'm, I'm sure you have people all the time asking you how to get into this and, you know, what approaches you should take. And you guys um, are always yeah. willing to help, which is... Yeah, you know, it's, a really, it's a really collaborative community versus the, I think, on-camera community is, is, is a lot more competitive. But regardless, I think one of the biggest tips, I think, for anything these days, because we're such an interconnected world now, um, I think that branding yourself is probably the most important piece of advice I could give to anybody for anything. 
Um, I mean, you know, I've, yeah. I've had to struggle with my brand as sort of a former Disney actress and, you know, now becoming an adult, what does that mean for me and my career? Um, it's not something to be ashamed of um, in my, for, oh, personally. Yeah. Um, I just think that, you know, you have to be able to be like Madonna. You have to, like, shift and what they call pivot when, you know, certain things in your life are changing. The, the, the uh, not the environment, but... Um, uh, kind of the landscape. The landscape is always changing and growing, especially in this world, in the creative, artistic world. Um, and, and depending on what, what people want to see. I mean, sometimes, like, after 9-11, I remember all of the, the things that were being ordered to series were firefighters and policemen, you know? And, it's, and now, at, war, at times of war, we've all heard that superheroes are, you know, really important to be seen. So, you know, it's always something different. And, and as long as you have your brand of person and, and what you want to be about in your life and you're sort of being authentic then I think you're going to have the most success with whatever you're trying to do. Speaking of superheroes, <laughs> I think I was reading about some news you might have coming up. Which in one? In regards to uh, perhaps a video game. Am oh, with Disney Xfinity? Uh, Marvel. Oh, with Marvel? Yeah. Wow, when did you read that about? Um, I need to Google should, myself. Should I not have read that? Am no, no, off? no, It's you're not off. I mean, I did, I was Black Cat and Black Widow, um recently yeah, yeah i mean but that was like i'd say a year or so ago when they were saying it was sort of growing and they were building it right right um but did you see that online somewhere i saw that on imdb oh that's wow. right where it was it said you had some upcoming uh work for marvel video games or yeah something how like cool that. okay well yeah. i gotta hey the fans gotta are connect on it. with that the fans are on it sometimes right? you play these parts and um you know it's a day rate and you go and you hope that um they call you oh, and so sorry this is something you've done and kind of forgotten about yeah okay. that's exactly what it was it was it was a game that um and I'm forgetting what exactly what it was called, but it was, it was not the game that's out right now. I think it's Allegiance. Okay. Allegiance coming I think out. that's I what think. it's... I might be off. Wow, this it... is cool. Now I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. heard it here first. I read it on uh, IMDb. That's um, awesome. I was just making sure and brushing up, yeah. you know, and because uh, you mentioned that you might have some new things coming up, and I thought yeah. that might have been one of the well, things Well, you would hope, right? I mean, you can uh, hope that they keep your voice in and, yeah. and, um, and they call you back. Um, but you never know. Mm -hmm, I mean, yeah. even even if it's me. I mean, if I'm not what the client or boss has in mind. Like, I got recasted by Mae Whitman as Yuffie. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, hmm. But um, I had a great experience doing it the first time around. And I think Mae is a fantastic, oh, yeah. fantastic actress. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no hard feelings. It's That's why, again, it's like a very collaborative community. Because you just never know. Well, the, I was speaking Except with for Kim. That is mine. <laughs> that is yours. Nice. <laughs> well, certain people are identified. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to be Kim, and Kim will always be remembered as you. Uh, it doesn't matter who puts on the cape and cowl, Kevin Conroy is Batman. True. Period. And right. no one, you know, other people are doing it now, but every one of them will lend respect and props to that's who Batman is. That's his voice. Kim right. Possible is you. You know what I you mean? You can hope, it's, right? <laughs> that the fans don't pretty, forget. I, I don't think you're in any danger of things being forgotten. So yeah. what, uh, what is on the play? What have you been up to then? What's new? Oh, um, so I guess I just got news that I'll be doing a part in this new Wes Craven um, movie. He's executive producing a film called The Girl in the Photographs. I'll that's, be filming that. That's a little bit away from Disney. I know, yeah. <laughs> Except that it's, you know, it's not risque or anything. It's just seemed, It's just a horror movie, and I do... I think I'm not actually I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything yeah you don't want to spoil um it. but uh <laughs> but ultimately I'm, I'm excited to work um mm -hmm. you are always excited to work I had done a movie that pre premiered on Lifetime 
um, you know, in January. Um, I did another film that's just been completed called uh, Bear With Us. It's like a very uh, funny comedy that's in black and white. Um, and um, I, haven't, I haven't used my comedy muscles in a while because like right. the Lifetime thing was extremely dramatic. Yeah. And then um, this was extremely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's been a while. Like, even Stevens was pretty, you know, it's kind of comedic, you know. Oh, I mean? yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so. It's hard, too, with comedy. Um, is You know, with my kind of comedy, I'm sort of the straight straight woman. Mm -hmm. um, you, you kind of start to say to yourself, well, I don't want to just be the straight woman. I want to have some fun, right, too. Absolutely. Same thing with making crazy voices. But yeah. I think that there's a lot of honor to being the straight person. Yes. Like Buster Keaton, I think I was I was learning about him in class because I'm still in school right now. But Buster Keaton was like one of the original straight straight men, and um, watching his his humor and the way that he just is the great it, stone face. Yeah, they call them that for a reason. You yeah, know? exactly. So, yeah, so you have there's a lot of honor in being that. So oh, you just have sure. to be what you are. You yeah, know, absolutely. And be comfortable with it. That's great. Um, does anybody have any questions? Anybody curious? Yeah. Oh, um, well, actually, to my credit, my mom is here. She's agreed to help me out <laughs> this weekend. Um, and she'd be, you know, if you come to my booth, she could talk to you more about exactly how I got started, right? Um, but um, I, uh, I, I guess I always showed sort of a propensity to perform. Um, so um, I had sort of a belt, sort of like an Annie kid from an early age. Um, and then um, I would be in singing classes and dancing classes and sort of all these different classes to sort of help me cross-balance all of these talents. But it takes time to develop all of those. I would not be a voice actress if I wasn't a singer. I can guarantee you that. So um, just because I don't necessarily sing doesn't mean I don't use my voice. But I do, I do, I do love singing. Um, it's just, it's a very competitive industry. So it's, it's I, you know, I had a record deal. I didn't make it to an actual record with Atlantic. Um, but I had a, a collaborate or a what is it a compilation okay. that was out through Disney Records. So um, I think I got disenchanted along the way um, and just sort of preferred doing musical theater. Um, but again, I developed it over time um, through classes. Um, I had always had that belt, but I think I had to really develop a falsetto over time because, and that really helped me with Kim too, because she, you know, she's really up here, and that's not a belt you know, yelling and what John DiMaggio does is more of like a belting. <laughs> but you need to learn how to do all of that in a healthy way because um, what I had learned was that I didn't do it in a healthy way. Um, and if you don't learn how to use your voice correctly, you'll end up getting, you know, nodes or nodules or polyps like I had, um, and then you might have to get surgery on them or lose your voice. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's really hard as a voice actor to, mm -hmm. to know that that, that is possible for you to happen again like I may have some sort of a regrowth right now and I don't even know so you just have to keep getting checked out because um, I think they can actually become cancerous or something like it could actually it's a very serious thing is it uh, do, you, do you have like daily exercises yeah kind of like scales or I should start doing or? them for for these actually because um, I noticed that I was really hoarse because we had so much fun yesterday. <laughs> I was meeting so many people, and it was really great yesterday. Um, and now I'm, I can feel it. Like, the strain yeah. is definitely on your voice. So you just have to sort of warm your voice up. And then as much as you need to warm your voice up, you need to cool your voice down. I don't know if anyone has said this on any panels, but cooling your voice down is really, really important. 
um, at the end of the day of using your voice. That's so, so yeah. for example, like if warming yourself up is oh, like then cooling yourself down would be like ooh. So you just kind of calm it down, and uh, for many reasons. That's great. I did that's a lot great. of research. <laughs> well, that's you know, it's uh, it's your muscle, it's your tool. You yeah. have to take care of it. You have to learn to master it. Do you, you know, know if anybody's insured? Like, I'm sure they have their vocal cords insured. I don't know for sure, but I would think. You would think, right? I would think. Like Taylor Swift has her legs insured for like millions of dollars. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, I would think. Uh, it's too important a thing to right. kind of let go. Yeah. You know? And uh, I. I from what I hear, I know, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called, the main agency, the big voice agency, like Rob Paulson's and such. Okay. But I know they're very good, and I know that uh, they're also very good for helping protect their actors' voices and stuff. And okay. They'll actually, you know, help them exercise or get whatever they need, so good. I would think they'd insure that. that yeah. You know, if you can insure legs, you can insure a voice. Yeah, you know? of course. For sure. I can't see, like, Pavarotti not having some kind oh, of coverage. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Any other questions? You right there. Cricket if possible, what's your book? Who's your favorite villain and why? I think Shigo. Um, because I think Shigo is um, sort of like just a total... Um, uh, she's super bad, as I will say. Um, and, and she's just like so cool and doesn't apologize for being sort of powerful. You know, because sometimes girls are worried about what boys will think of them and stuff. But I think with Shigo, she doesn't care at all. And I think that's what makes her so cool. She's a really strong lady. Very nice. <laughs> Good question right there. Yeah, um, actually, yesterday my friend told me something interesting, which I'm surprised I didn't know, that uh, you were in Avenue Q. Yeah, I was. I'm also a puppeteer, guys. I was reading that. What, it, it, please explain. Please do. Um, well, I mean, ultimately I had no idea that I would fall in love with with puppets, um, but um, I was called into audition, so I had to um, I had to like I had to basically put eyeballs. What you do is you put two eyeballs. I still have them. I think I'll bring them to the next one. And you have to practice opening your mouth with your hand in the mirror. And then I guess I had a sort of a knack for it, but it wasn't a hundred percent. And Avenue Q said we can train her. So they took me on um, for a run um, in the fall, which is like sort of a time when all the people and the tourists aren't there. So they wanted to spike all of the college students to come see me um, in New York, like NYU or wherever. And a lot of them had grown up with my show at the time that I was at in Avenue Q, which was like five years ago or maybe longer. Um, so I was super excited to learn this. I mean, I didn't realize it, but I'm in love with... I'm a nerd. I mean, like, I'm like, I'm a total That's nerd. Awesome. Yeah. It's just, my husband even calls me out. He's like, oh, honey, you're such a nerd. I'm like, yes, I am. Thank you. I love puppets. I love animation. Yeah, I love fairy true. tales, magic, you name it. <laughs> so well, yeah. that was it. I threw myself into it, and they taught me how to do it all. Awesome. And um, now, um, after you know, a, a run with Avenue Q, um, I, I, would do it, I would do it in a heartbeat if they offered it to me. Just announced yesterday that ABC is doing their damnedest to bring them up at Showback to television. That would be awesome. All the Sesame know, Street people. That to the agent. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It, the, the best part about Avenue Q was that you could be on stage with your puppet, even though you're dressed in black. Um, and uh, you could sort of, it, it sort of be like we were talking about the mind-body thing right. with animation. It was like you could, you could emote 
but then your pup, it, 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 when you're watching, I don't know how many of you have seen Avenue Q, um, but you know, you can emote and then it lends itself to the puppet. So it's sort of a similar dynamic as when I'm working with Kim Possible. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the People Players Theater up in Toronto. Yeah, they're old. Yeah. They're like one of the first they're people. They're very old, but uh, what they are is they're specific, and what they do is all their performers are mentally handicapped or challenged in some way. Oh, wow. Right, so they bring these kids in and these young adults, and they teach them how to puppet. And it's the kind you're talking about, where they're all in black, mm -hmm. and it's the very creative kind of puppet movements, and all the puppets are fluorescent. So you're watching live, and it's just all blackened, and you're pretty much just seeing these crazy... YouTube it or something. Famous play, people. <laughs> People's Players? People's Players Theater, I believe it's called. That's so cool. Because you're from uh, Canada, right? I am. I'm from Toronto. Yeah. And uh, it's it's an amazing thing to see. And these, these these puppeteers, and they teach these kids how to do this. And it's so an amazing cool. thing. And they learn this art through puppets. I love puppets. That's so puppets cool. Puppets are so, are so awesome. Yeah. Uh, last weekend, I was at Toronto Comic Con. Uh-huh. was, uh, sorry, two, weeks, two weekends ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know an artist named Jay Foskett. Mm -hmm. Jay Fosgett, uh, he's on IDW's My Little Pony, and he does a, a few things for Disney mm -hmm. artists, but he has a comic book called Bodhi Troll. Oh, cool. Where he created this little troll named Bodhi, <laughs> okay. and he's this cute, adorable little troll, but this troll wants to be the biggest, baddest troll on the block. Right. But he's just too cute, so no one takes him seriously. <laughs> so this is his comic book. And what he did is he had a friend who worked at Henson and had Bodhi made. So whenever he comes to the cons, he brings yeah. Bodhi, and he's got this so big cool. furry Bodhi Muppet. And uh, I actually interviewed the puppet. Oh, how two weeks cool! Ago, and you know, I forget. I'm so into it, I forget. Uh, I and know. I'm not even looking at him. Yeah. I'm like with a microphone. It's I, a little less creepy yeah. than ventriloquism. But it's audio. I'm <laughs> podcasting, right? Yeah. And I'm talking to a puppet. Yeah. Like people can see me or something. It was yeah. ridiculous. But well, that'll be fun for you. Uh, you know. Yeah. I you really I gotta get make that. my own puppet. Mm, that's that's what I gotta nice. do. <laughs> Any more questions? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I'm a huge Kim Possible fan. Thank you. And I watched it while I was in graduate school. I okay. Sweet. Oh, cool. And I think that Kim, I think that one, one of the many reasons I love the show was that Kim Possible is a woman mm -hmm. in charge. She's running the show. And so I'd just be curious to hear you talk a little bit about, about that and what maybe it's meant to you or to... Oh, wow, you're going to make me cry. Um, well, thank you. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that I'm all about, like, women's empowerment. And, again, I don't think that's something to have to apologize for. Um, ultimately, feminism is just, if men support it, it's basically, su like, supporting human rights and everyone being equal. It's not really about women dominating men. <laughs> I think that's a common misconception. Um, and also, too, um, I had recently done a video on YouTube that went viral about consent. Um, and I, I actually feel very strongly about that movement about consent. Uh, cosplay is not consent. Um, but ultimately, um, yeah, I think what Kim Possible gave me was um, a mantra of, like, I can do anything. I can do anything. So after Kim and after even Stevens and before Khan, right, um, I kind of was sort of thinking to myself, well, you know, what's my next step? What's my next move? And in the back of my mind was Kim Possible's voice. My own voice. <laughs> but, you know, I can do anything. I can do anything. So ultimately, I think she represents the voice of a generation. Um, and I, I do find it troubling that there's not as many um, role models for young women nowadays um, because I think they themselves didn't have the role models either. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think... 
the fact that that I have fathers come to me um, telling me that they want to show Kim to their kids, um, whether they're a son or a daughter, um, just to sort of uh, show them and, and send that kind of message on to their kids about being empowered no matter what, um, is, is a true testament to why it's such a popular show. That's great. Uh, I think it was, uh, just one sec, um, I think <laughs> is the big thing with Frozen, mm. obviously so huge, but no movie, I think, especially in Disney history, has come along and shown that we don't need the man hero. That is true. I mean, true. you know, Hans and they're and in brave. there and stuff. But brave too, I brave guess. Brave too, absolutely. Yeah. But just, it was the fact there was this relationship. I right. mean, the story, obviously, and the way it's done, Olaf, the beautiful songs, it's going to hook the kids. But beyond that, uh, my son is four years old. And Esau Frozen, and it, that was it. That was it. Nothing else but Anna and Elsa forever. I had to go wow. get him the dolls. I had to go get everything, and that's all that was He's going to kill you like 10 years from now when he reads <laughs> or but listens to this. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's amazing because, yeah. you know, this four-year-old kid is going to grow up, uh, and it's, he's going to see stuff like this that's just – it's just that way. It's, the it's way not it man be. or woman. It's just a person. It's just – and, and it'll be all equal like you're saying. So – it's yes. all about story. See, that's the yes. thing. Is, yeah. is, it's, it's all, and I'm sure everyone here agrees. Like, it's all about wh how good is the story. You know, it's, it, even if, I mean, of course, I, I always appreciate if the animation is good. But ultimately, if the story's bad, you know, then you're not going to want to watch it. You know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's great. Go ahead. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I love that. You know, it's That's weird, great. actually. I, I went to high school with Scarlett Johansson. Really? Um, she, yeah, she was in my graduating class. Cool. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, and actually Lee Thompson Young as well, unfortunately. Um, but, um, you know, Scarlett is amazing, so I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I hope she sees that. <laughs> Anyone else? Yes, sir? Mm -hmm. Were there any Star Trek things um, set? Like, would you do any Star Trek surprises? Or... Um, Ricardo, um, he passed away, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, he passed actually, away a couple years ago. Ricardo? He's one, actually, he's one of those ones that I'm not sure. I think he did. <laughs> okay. Right? Oh, okay. I thought he All did, right. and right. I remember hearing about it, and I was a little sad. But right. um, I actually... I might have met him once, um, but I didn't work with him because, again, I was in New York when they were in L.A. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to, I didn't get to what they say, pal around. I didn't get to kid with him. Um, but um, I'm sure there was. Knowing John DiMaggio, he probably was the one oh, yeah. in the room kidding with him about Star Trek. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> what, sorry about that? Yeah. I didn't either. See, so I, this is really bad. But so, like with George, I just met him yesterday, and I posted a, a picture to Instagram. Um, I was like so excited to meet him, and I introduced myself and said, "Hi, I'm the voice. You know, I'm the voice of Kim Possible." And he just like light. He just smiled, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> mind blown!" I impressed George. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> you that's hope, good. You hope. That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I'm sure there was, because I was growing up with her, but I was a little bit older. Um, and so sometimes they would ask me to help them out with the writing. So, for example, um, What's the Sitch is actually 
Um, I actually helped make that slogan. <laughs> um, and also Club Banana, where Kim Possible shops, was uh, because I shopped at Club Monaco and Banana, Banana Republic. Republic. <laughs> so they were asking me, like, what are the stores that you shop at? So, you know, and they were really fun with the names, you know, like Kim Possible, Ron Stoppable, mm. um, you know, all of the names of the villains that would come up, Chameleon. I mean, they, would, they, they, they were so punny. You know, with a P. And um, I, I just appreciated their humor so much that most of the time they were really in tune with me more than, more than me being in tune with Kim. So it, I think it was like what we're saying with magic. It was just a perfect time, perfect place. Was there ever the opposite? Were you, did you ever have to go to them after seeing a script and saying, I don't think Kim would say this? Uh, no. But no. ultimately, okay. um, when, when we did have to go to do the Epcot ride... Um, they would ask me, oh, would Kim say this? Because the creators weren't involved with the Epcot ride. They, have mo- they had moved on. Um, so once she was licensed to the Disney Voices um, people, um, they could make promotional materials, and they would have to ask me, since I originated the voice, would she say this? And ultimately I would veto things that I didn't feel like she would say. Oh, so cool. you do have power in that way right, right. Of, the, of the voice. Well, it's, it's weird because you have that inside look in the Disney universe because yeah. there's a lot of, there's different impressions sometimes it's the big powerful mouse you yeah. know mess with the mouse right right but then I'll hear a story like this where it seems like they were very they worked with you yeah and, I mean they haven't know. shut me down yet of doing yeah. cons I know that we weren't really supposed to do cons when it was on the air but since it's really about me connecting with fans on multiple platforms mm-hmm. I don't think that they're gonna try to come down on me for anything yeah, well, it's all about the fans. I it think is. they even, to a certain extent, realize that. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. Or they wouldn't do things like Star Wars Celebration or right. the big events that they put off. Right? I think they've so. grown a lot. I mm-hmm. think that that you know, um, after uh, there, you know, Roy Disney was a part of uh, the Disney brand for a while. I think he eventually stepped away. Um, but ultimately, there's a lot of fear in the Disney brand because you know they want to keep it uh, modern, but they want to keep it alive. So I see them doing things, and sometimes I agree with it, and sometimes I don't, because I'm like a purist when it comes to it. Do you know how long it took me to get used to digital Mickey Mouse? Yeah. My kid watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse... And it being that was a little strange at computer. first. Computer, like I'm used to it yeah. now because I've seen it. Like but I, I, I could only hope that yeah, I mean the creators love 2D so much that they would keep Kim Possible 2D if it came back. I mean, of course, I would do it no matter what. Um, but oh, I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, they, they would might want to do. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, you still, the voice is the voice, though. Right? Yeah, of course, so, you could yeah, hope. You know, anybody else? Yes, sir. The bunny. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of hard not to have a crush on Ron, <laughs> but Ron, not Will, right? Yeah. I mean, like, because I, I was Kim for so long that by the time we started to have this like relationship. I, there was like me, I had a crush on Ron as an animated character. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> so yeah, there was, it was awkward. <laughs> Got awkward. Anyone else? Yes, sir? Uh, yeah, first off, uh, we did do the Epcot ride and it was amazing. Was it? I heard that cool. it was so cool. Yeah, it was around World Showcase. Super interactive. Just added a new dimension to everything. Yeah. We had a great time. We had a great 
And it made a bunch of sense. I don't know how Phineas and Ferb would make sense at Epcot. For Kim, it was about saving the world. So we go around Epcot and things come out of the walls and you have a communicator talking to you. I mean, it was like, why didn't they think of it sooner? Anyway, continue, sorry. Um, my question was, um, you've, been in, you've been in theater and acting and, and you know, since you were a kid. How difficult was it to balance that between school and between having a free time and just Wow. That's also, guys, thank you so First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming to the panel. I'm really happy to see your faces. And to those of you I've met at, you know, Allentown or other cons, um, it's really great to, to meet you guys. And your support means a lot. Um, you know, I, it's funny because um, I am doing a documentary now. Um, I'll start funding it soon. Um, but it's about child actors and basically about – it's called Looking After. And it's um, – in part uh, collaborating but not endorsed by Looking Ahead. It's a program that socializes actors from 8 to 18 and um, really presents them with financial classes um, and social workers, psychologists for the families, and helps socialize them and, and help them mature so that when they turn 18, they don't go off the rails. Um, and so my documentary is going to be geared towards understanding the problem of um, dealing with all these pressures. Um, and um, I think that's a new part of my career, is sort of being an advocate for, for children. Um, and so um, I, I, I definitely had a really uh, fair upbringing in terms of always going back to my education. Um, and it, funny enough, I'm about to graduate, but I'm 31. Uh, but I'm getting my undergrad, so it's better late than never in next yeah, month. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, um, I, but I did. I, I, did, I was very strict. Uh, my mom and um, we made sure I had um, tutors after I was working. So every day I would have a different subject of tutor. And so it was each tutor for each subject was, was, was better for me than using a studio teacher um, when I was on set for Even Stevens. Um, I think even when you're a minor that, you know, if you're working um, on a voice acting, they still, or you're still required to get a certain amount I'm of, because sure now sag and after has merged. So I think that the studio system or studio school thing right, right. is probably the same. Um, so we balanced it very trickily, um, but ultimately it took a lot of extra care for me to get the type of education that I needed. Now, that being said, um, the socialization aspect is super important. Um, it's something that needs to be um, uh, fostered by the parents um, of, of the child, and my, my parents definitely did that for me. But I see it a lot of times that it's not done um, in a way that will really help grow the child past being an actor at a, to a certain age. Um, so, you know, ultimately what I've been told by many people is that it's up to the, up to the parents to help guide the children through life as they would if they weren't in the industry. So I guess I would, I'm very blessed and love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, you were saying about the fans and of course how much appreciating the fans. What was it like to have the fans keep the show going? And wow. And campaign for something they love so much. That must have been amazing. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, you know, I had, I had been on Family Guy a couple times and got to know Seth. Um, oh, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting to hear him talk about um, his relationship with Fox and um, how hard it was to keep that show going at a certain point, which I think is not a secret, right? Um, but ultimately the fans brought it back. 
around the same time, I guess Kim had um, Kim had come back. And I think I, I don't think people know this, but in between the first two seasons, we might not have even had a second season because Disney was was sort of con- continuing um, a certain rate for the actors, and the actors wanted to get a fairer rate in the second season. So we did end up getting a, a fairer rate, um, and Disney was really great with that. They wanted us to continue with them, so they didn't recast us. They, yeah. they kept us. And um, ultimately... Um, yeah, I think it was the fans who brought it back for the fourth season. And they still try. I mean, there's a petition online. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I actually was going to do a YouTube video of something because I've started a new YouTube channel. <laughs> that would be cool. People and, like that. But, but it's not going to be what people think it is. Um, yeah. But I'm going to do something in the next week or so right, to right. put up on there about Kim as a sort of an icon in a show. That's good times. <laughs> we look forward to that. Uh, they have so much power now, the fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially also things with like Netflix and people have these ways to continue things like it happened with Star Wars The Clone Wars that sixth season they were like okay well we don't really want to put it on TV again but we've got Netflix let's make the last season and put it on Netflix so that's what they did and that was pure just fans saying we want it we want it we want it yeah like I said with branding and stuff like with this day and age if if you don't brand yourself and you don't figure out who your audience is um, and if you don't connect with your audience, it's, I mean, it's just as important to connect with your audience. So I'm really grateful to become to be coming to cons. Uh, I feel like it's a secret that you know a lot of my colleagues or peers don't know about, um, and I feel so blessed to be able to come and you know. There must be something people. keeping somebody because the Japanimate ones know. They <laughs> know, right? Fully aware. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, maybe it's just Toronto. In Toronto, it's very, very popular anime and stuff. Okay. So, like, there'll be an entire row of just the Japanime and, like, manga voice actors. Yeah. And, uh... Is yeah, Erica... Erica Schroeder, right? Um, I don't know. I don't... She might have been up. Or maybe she just told me she was gonna come up. Okay. But, uh, very, very popular up yeah. there. So, you know, it's very cool. Any more questions? We all good? Yeah. Very good. Great questions. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out and do this. Christy, of course, is over in the alley. She's on the back wall there. I've seen some of you. Shake some hands and say hello, maybe get an autograph. That's good time. I have Easter candy. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything last that you'd like to plug or push or anything like that? Uh, No, I I think that was good. I feel like we know each other now. Excellent. (laughs) Well, you know me, and I'll get to know you if you come by, Mike. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christy. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.